Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and fix this next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. in which I'm joined by Christine Nicholson. Now, Christine is a multi-award-winning UK business mentor. She has authored four business books and is a regular keynote speaker on succession and exit planning, one of my favourite topics, listeners. And as a businesswoman who has built a multi-million turnover business over the last 30 years, she's worked with many business owners in all sectors including taking one from bankruptcy to an eight-figure exit in just 18 months. Wow. And she spent a few years accidentally running a zoo. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's, that's going to be an interesting conversation for later. Uh, her latest book, Sell It, helps business owners get their business and themselves ready for the hardest part of the entrepreneur journey, leaving their business in the hands of others. And having exited four or five businesses myself, you're absolutely right. You know, it's... You get very emotionally attached to it, so I can certainly understand that. Mm. Uh, something interesting uh, about Christine, she sits as a court assistant on the Company of Entrepreneurs of the City of London, where she uh, led a co-mentoring project with the Culture Mile. Is it Culture Mile? Is that right? Yeah, it seems like it is yep. the Culture Mile, yeah. Yep, working with amazing and powerfully impactful creatives. So the Culture Mile... Before yeah. it started, what, what's that then? I've not come across that before. So it's a fabulous 10-year project. Uh, I, I Personally, I think it'll be a 100-year project, but right. initially it's a 10-year project uh, within the city of London, within the, the, the square mile of the city of London, um, that really focuses on how we in the city can encourage um, creativity and culture um, to be part of that ecosystem, not just a, you know, London has a kind of reputation for being a financial centre, yeah. um, worldwide, you know, global uh, financial centre, but it's so much richer than that. And I think that culture is, has previously kind of been the a kind of poor cousin, okay. and they're really trying to, to kind of bring culture and creativity up to being equal with the um with the financial um aspects of uh, of working in in london yeah and it's interesting uh for those that are not in the uk might not realize this but each year we have a sort of city of culture don't we and all yes. the cities bid to be the city of culture because they know how much development how much business how much focus it's going to bring on that aspect of the city and very often it can be a regeneration tool for that city as well but but, but many businesses get left out of that don't they because they they're already seen as being important or significant in other sectors as well not just mm -hmm. culture yeah i think that the important thing with the city of culture is that uh, here's a sweeping generalization. Okay. But uh, the press and the news tend to only highlight the things that are wrong or the things that have gone wrong yeah. or the bad aspects. 
And unless something is, basically something has to be like five out of 10 on the bad scale and it'll get on the front pages of the papers. Correct. And, and, and as we know, but it has to be like 20 out of 10 on the good scale to get on the front page of the papers. It's, it's completely sure. skewed towards bad news. So with the city of culture status, it's a really uh, an, a, a brilliant example of here is a year where we are just going to celebrate all the really good things that just never get the coverage. Yeah. And, and the culture mile is really a kind of extension of that of this shouldn't just be a one year project. This is a celebrating the rich vein of, of creativity. And actually creativity, as we proved in the co-mentoring project, creativity um, and the creative uh, entrepreneurs have really got something of really high value to add to what I would call the more structured, left-brained in industries within within the city, which is structured finance. Yeah. So let's you and I start a movement then in this podcast episode. Okay, because as you were talking there, you're absolutely right. And, you know, we were talking before the recording started about the TR extracts that you've got hung up on your door and excised yeah. generally and how you use them. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I, a couple of years ago, I decided to take the, the big TV that we had in the bedroom that was on the wall at the opposite end of our, our bed. And I decided to take it off because I was fed up of watching the news and only seeing bad news. Yeah. And I put it in, in a spare bridge, bedroom, took the bed out and turned it into a bit of a gym room uh, for good things. I think, listeners, each of us ought to have a mission of either using Twitter, any form of social media, picking up the phone, um, sending an email. Do a, Let's get in touch with national and local press and let's each, as individuals, ask for more good news stories news at 10 used to do something where at the end of the news at 10 they used to sign off with a little bit of a funny story or an animal story something they stopped doing that now because they they think people don't want that kind of news and i think we have to change our behaviors as an yeah. audience and tell these people we don't just want the bad news we want an equal balance of good news and we don't want just the 20 out of 10s we want the 10 out of 10s and the 8 out of 10s as well. So let's each, you and I, start this movement, Christine. Let's each get the listeners to lobby our press and say more good news, please. Yeah. How good would that well, honestly, be? One, one, uh, one email, or actually one handwritten letter. Yeah. Uh, 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 actually saying, I want to hear some good news. Here's an example of some good news. And um, just going back to the culture mile, mm. when we did this uh, co-mentoring project, it was, you know, entrepreneurs, there was five, um, I would call them uh, kind of left, more left-brained uh, entrepreneurs, although entrepreneurs yep. do tend to be multifaceted. And then on the, uh, uh, the co-mentors were these creatives, so they were writers, artists, musicians, um, video, filmmakers. And um, the project was so successful that my co-partner in in the Culture Mile, Elizabeth Mishler, M-I-S-C-H-L-E-R, was invited to do a TED Talk. And uh, please go and find her TED Talk. 
um, because uh, one, Elizabeth is just a beautiful human being. I mean, everything about her. She's a, a former ballet dancer and, uh, oh, I think it was ballet, um, but she's definitely a dancer. Everything yeah. about her just says, I was a dancer. Uh, she is, you know, beautiful um, balletic movements and right. um, I, go, I wish I had her posture. <laughs> so um, just give us her surname again, her last name. Um, so it's Elizabeth Mishler, M-I-S-C-H-L-E-R. And right. uh, she did it at the, she did her TED talk at the London Business School. And she did it on that project that, that we did. And it's 17 minutes, really well worth um, going and listening to because she lays it out exactly what we did uh, and how you know the, the things that came out of that um, because I got matched with a, a professional musician and oh my goodness me she I mean this is a woman who in six sessions changed my life wow. and I've been mentoring for like 30 <laughs> odd years you know yeah yeah um, so I was genuinely going in there prepared to receive, but actually expecting that it would be a bit more of a giving experience. Yeah, yeah. I received 10 times more than wow. I gave. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really, really transformative. Um, and, and, you know, that's a, things like that never get in the news. No, no, <laughs> Even no unfortunately. Really worthy of celebrating. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So thinking uh, about the, what we're drinking today and just as you take a sip out your cup there would you call that a cup rather than a mug or would you call that a uh, mug? this is this is a throwback to my my grandmother um uh, i know not, not many people have teacups these days but no. this is an absolute it's a traditional english teacup, teacup. Yeah. um but it's, a good, but it's a good size teacup as well isn't it it's a good size teacup it is yeah it's a 200 i think it's 200 mils um, yeah. So it's ideal because by the time you get to the bottom, your yeah. drink is still warm. Whereas a lot of like really big mugs, by the time you get to the bottom, it's stone cold. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so although I drink coffee in this tea, I only ever drink tea. I only drink out of these teacups. Right. Um, which is just bizarre because I have hundreds yeah, yeah. of multi-branded mugs. Right. Um, but my but my absolute, you know, it's proper porcelain teacup yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's strange because i mean I, I you know i do like drinking out of a cup or a mug um i don't like drinking out of paper cups or plastic cups um yeah. I, I don't mind drinking out of my plastic flask because that because i'm sat here quite a lot it, it keeps it warm as you said there yeah. um, but my wife angela she only drinks out of uh, sort of china cups or mugs so you know you even get mm. china mugs uh, because she said it tastes the difference. My palate isn't that good. I can taste the difference, <laughs> in fairness. Um, but that's probably because the drink, the, the the drinks I drink are quite strong. So, um, mm. for the listeners who can't see the mug, just describe the mug or the sorry the cup to us yeah. and tell us what it is that you're drinking out of the cup today. Um, so I am actually drinking a single origin Peruvian. Um, medium roast coffee. Yep. Uh, I never drink black coffee because I, I can't tolerate milk. Um, but the cup is, it's, if you imagine putting your your hands together as if you were catching water, yep. then the cup, my teacup would fit comfortably 
in cocked hands yeah. so it is a proper in every description you couldn't use any yeah. other word for it than a cup um and it's actually got a proper proper handle on it like you can get your fingers in i don't know yeah, yeah. if um listeners often find that they get a china cup and then they can't even get their finger in the in yeah. the cup handle um that said i invariably hold it like a cup uh, yeah. in your cupped hands yeah yeah, but it is, um, I mean, it is made of China. It was part of my dinner service for my wedding. Uh, I mean, I'm divorced now, but it is one of my most treasured possessions. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's interesting you say that because um, we've got a, a dinner set, plates, saucers, etc., uh, that we've still got. And we've been married 30 years this year. And wow. we, we didn't have it as a wedding present. We bought it the year before we got married uh, when we first bought our house, which I lived on, on my own until we got married. And that dinner set still is generally intact. And we've yeah. had other multiple dinner sets that haven't stood the test of time. And we yeah. got it from out of a Littlewoods catalogue. If you remember when Littlewoods Ooh, used to have wow. a catalogue. And we and because you know we we weren't married and we were both quite young, we we paid for it weekly through Little's oh, catalogue. It's a proper throwback. Yeah, so, but the best yeah. investment we ever had was in that dinner set, and we bought yeah. say some quite expensive ones since that have not stood the time as yeah. much as that one from Littlewoods did, and we still got the majority of the plates uh, and. So the, the cups we don't use very much because we're, we're more mug drinkers. But, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, I, it, this is nearly 30 years old now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've lost a couple of dishes a along the way. But, uh, um, I mean, I've moved, oh, got to be 20 times <laughs> in all of that at that time. I mean, I'm a proper gypsy. But the dinner yeah. service is the one thing that I cart around with great. me. Everything else. And just go yeah, yeah, over the to go. Yeah. yeah. So, so you said about taking your coffee black. Uh, so we know a little bit about how you drink your coffee and the type of coffee. You know, from a taste point of view, would you say that that's a strong taste? Is it a medium taste? Yeah. It. Um, I would say it's probably medium. I mean, my yeah. absolute. I'm, I'm actually literally just trying this out, but because my absolute favourite coffee is Jamaican. And, oh, really? um, and I, uh, here's a, a shameless plug for mm -hmm. somebody that I absolutely love is um, the Little Coffee Company. Yeah. And um, this is embarrassing because whilst I can picture this gorgeous woman's face, I have <laughs> momentarily forgot her name, but the Little Coffee Company. Yeah. And she started it as an idea in um, university. Um, and she literally brings together the local farm owners in Jamaica, which I think is where her parents come from. Yeah. And she started a collective. And oh. um, I mean, she's now in Selfridges. Um, actually, I might do her an injustice here because she's pretty much in all those premium yeah. um, stores. And I'm pretty sure she's making i think she's broken into waitrose but yeah. she has a nice uh, online store and again you know i, I said to of elizabeth 
beautiful human being um and uh, and she is as well so and she's now started to expand out of jamaica and i think she's gone into kenya but um jamaican coffee has none of the acidity i've never so, tried jamaican coffee that's one thing oh, i've never done so uh, that's the first yeah. for us listeners isn't it and that's i think you're the first one ever to mention jamaican coffee on this podcast so uh, yeah, yeah, great. yeah it's uh, it is it's lovely because it's very smooth uh on the palate and yeah. um and and i i would say and i'm not trying to kind of push things in gender specific but mm. if you're not a strong coffee drinker um then you can get a really powerful hit of flavor without that acidic yeah. uh, undertone oh look at me yeah 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 that's <laughs> yeah, great coffee sommelier yeah um, but, but you know it's like i mean i'm a teetotaler now but when i did drink wine i knew what i liked yeah. and it didn't matter what the price was and it's no. the same with and i think you know one thing this podcast has proved is that we've had people that like nescafe nescafe out of a jar and it's not about uh, anything other than i drink what i like yeah why yeah. wouldn't we why would we drink something that we don't like on a day-to-day basis so i think yeah that's one one common theme here uh, interesting though uh, i've asked when i've gone to shows i've asked several coffee houses uh said look yeah i've got a podcast we talk about coffee you're a coffee house you're a coffee roast be great to have you as a guest and not one single coffee roaster supplier has actually stepped on here to be a guest yet they're all business owners aren't they and they must have so much to share not just about coffee but also about how they run their business and some tips of how they've created i mean to go from the, the lady that you've mentioned to access to those stores. I mean, what a journey. I mean, that would be an incredible story to hear. Uh, so, yeah, perhaps an introduction would be great to her. But Yes, no, no de- definitely, definitely. Th- thinking about your, your own business, you know, and I mentioned there that you know, your, your focus and keynote speaking on succession and exit planning, um, what what have you been working on recently and either fixing or evolving in your own business? Oh, in my own business. Well, mm. um, God, that's a toughie because that's like holding the mirror up. So um, it is. Yeah, actually, after quite a few years of, of keeping pulling myself back because, you know, it's just me. Yeah. Um, and I've resisted going into employing loads of other people because I did that before. I mean, I, my first grown up business before I knew it, I was employing 400 people and, and I hadn't really allowed myself to think about it. It, it just happened. Yeah. I said, okay. I made it happen, but yeah, you know, yeah. yeah 400 was, people doesn't just happen. That's, 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 yeah, that's yeah, a no, step by a, step. Yep. Yeah. It was a, it was a trajectory. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I always just thought as a as a as a mentor that uh, fundamentally who else can do all this stuff, um, but then I I was getting into that whole I did some marketing I did it myself I'd get some customers I'd spend all that time doing the service of the customers they'd end their cycle I'd have to go and do some more marketing so I was doing that that ziggy zaggy thing yeah, a lot yeah. of people do and I, I don't do that anymore. So I now have support. I have really good marketing support. I have a client project manager. Um, so all the stuff that's not me delivering to the client, all the behind the scenes stuff, they they basically I took it over my shoulder, leaving yeah. a trail of destruction and they clean the path. Hmm. 
um, and the and, and my client project manager is is brilliant. Um, and of course, I have the really good marketing support now. And it's uh, you know I've kissed a lot of frogs yeah. to get the right balance of of marketing support. Um, and and it's ironic that these are exactly the things that I preach to my my clients, particularly when I'm working directly with the business owners. It's like you know you can't do everything forever. You know, yeah. at, at some point, someone else has to take over this stuff. And so I'm definitely taking those steps to identifying what I shouldn't be doing because it doesn't add the value that I to my clients that I can add. Therefore, I'm now able to deliver more face to face stuff and also the stuff I don't like doing because our life's too short to spend moments in misery. And uh, one of the things I did about 18 months ago was I created a poster. I did it on Canva. Yep. And um, so it's an A0. So it's about ooh, five Big feet. Size. Oh, yeah, it's about yeah. five feet, four feet. And when I walk into my kitchen, before I even get my hands on my coffee machine, it's the first thing I see in the morning. Yeah. And it simply says, always do what makes your heart sing. And there's a little bird that just happens to be a wren. Um, and I was in the Navy, and so I was in the Women's Royal Naval Service, we call wrens. Yep. And this little bird is literally, it's got its wings back and it is singing its heart out. Um, okay. And wrens are about, you know, yay big, which is, I would say, between two and four inches. A, a yep. big one would be four inches big. So they're tiny, tiny little birds. Well, on that poster, this this <laughs> this wren is about <laughs> It's an eagle. <laughs> yes, yeah. But it is literally, you know, it's that full on, you know, from my boots joy. And it reminds me that that's the kind of feeling that I should start and end my yeah. day on. Yeah. And, and if I'm not ending my day on that, I have to look back on the day and go, what could I have done differently that would have brought perfect. more joy to yeah. my uh, to my day? So. Before I, I ask a question, just to dig a little bit deeper into what for a lot of people will be an obstacle that are listening to this podcast, where they'll say, well, I work on my own. Yeah, I'm a service provider. I'm on my own. How can I build succession and exit planning? Um, so that um, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into that in a moment. But the, you know, I, I use something called a skills form matrix. I can't remember which book I read it out of. Uh, it might have been Steve, Stephen Covey's book. But one of the bottom quarters is low fun, low skill. And I get people to put their low fun, low skill tasks in. What could I pay somebody else £10 an hour to do that I don't yeah. like doing? And that's the first stuff to always get rid of, isn't it? But yeah. very often it's the stuff we hang on to. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't, like, I don't know why. Yeah, I'm the only one who can pay bills. Uh, don't think so. You just no. set some rules. Yeah. If this, then that. It's yeah. it's really simple it's one of those things. It's really simple. It's not necessarily easy, easy. to get Correct. past that seven-inch journey between your ears. I always, yeah. you know, my hand span is seven inches. This yeah. is the biggest journey I go on every single day. <laughs> yes. So, so if you are on your own and you're thinking, "Oh my goodness me, it's I'm useless," I see all these other people that are on their own and they're really super successful. Well, the first thing is, how do you know? Because just because they're saying it. Don't mean to say that's yeah, yeah, there's lots of people out there wearing masks, isn't there? 
Absolutely. And yeah. then the second thing is is to just to actually really look at your the the things that give you energy. Yeah. And 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 that really give you joy. You know, the things that when you've completed them, you go back, you lean back and you go, Oh, that was a good job. Those are the things you keep on doing. Yeah. Um, and and, I, and I, generally those things are the things that add most value. And they're what I call the £10,000 an hour work. Yeah. And if you start mm -hmm. focusing on stuff that's generating £10,000 an hour, yeah. um, you very quickly let go of the stuff that, yeah. that uh, and, you don't need to do. Richard Branson has a, a, a quote which I, I use in lots of different presentations. Have fun and the money will come mm. because you've got to love what you do. You've got to be in love with not just your business, but in what you do in that business. And I've got a, a chart on the back of my office door and each day I record some activity, but I always have a star rating of the day. So a little bit like there. And yesterday I gave myself three out of four because it was a pretty productive day, but it wasn't as much fun as it could have been. Yeah. And and like you say, looking back at that day, listeners, is really important to say, what could I do differently to make that a four star day? Because it's not mm. a five star day. I do four four stars um, just because that's the printed program that I'm on. Um, but going, going back to that deeper dive. Yeah, there will be lots of people who have a business which is just them and they'll be looking at how they can exit or how succession can take place. Any particular roadblocks that you have seen people overcome in getting that exit but perhaps are those solo entrepreneurs or they start off like that well I, like i can hold the mirror up to myself here because mm. for years i have had the personal belief that it's all right for everybody else but not for me yep and uh because you know obviously i'm super special and um, what I've realized is that I'm just super special needs, not super special. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if I just get over my bad self, then I can just think about how there are some things that, that other people can't do in my business. Like, yeah. you know, the they can't have the same interaction with a client based on my experience. Okay, that 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 is unique. I, yeah, and, I agree. And it can't happen. But what can happen is there are tools in my toolbox, and I have built this toolbox over many decades. There are tools in my toolbox that I've put together in a completely unique way, and other people can use them, which means that someone coming into the into my kind of sector, who's maybe got a bit of experience, but not the depth of experience I've got, but hasn't got any of the toolbox, I can actually give them the toolbox. Yeah. Now, I can give them the clients as well, but... Um, and at some point in the future, that's likely what I'll do. But first of all, I can actually put my toolbox together and I can either sell the training or I can sell the license. Um, and I operate under my own name, so I definitely wouldn't be selling my name. But I've started to really put together a whole package of things that would last longer than me. And I think rather than thinking specifically about my own succession, what I've started to think about is how can I make sure that all of the pain and the productivity and therefore the tools that I've built up can last longer than me? And it doesn't necessarily need to happen within my business, although it'd be great if it did. 
um, but it can last and, and actually help other people not start from, because I almost felt like I started from sub zero because I just didn't believe that what I had um, could be bundled or packaged in that way and had to come to yeah. that conclusion by watching watching others. So how can somebody get a springboard into their mentoring practice or their coaching practice um, without actually having to do all of this learning directly themselves? Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things. The second thing is actually recognizing that not only can I create packages of um, within my toolbox, I can also create um, training and things that are kind of evergreen. So there are a lot of things that I do that it doesn't matter whether the world is going to hell in a handbasket like it seems to be doing it now, yep. or whether we're you know striving and thriving and, and got mega growth going on. There are elements that I do that in 10 years time still going to be the same. Like technology might have moved on, mindset is always going to be the same. Yeah, and, and as you were talking there, you know, I was thinking about the word formula because mm -hmm. we can build a formula, can't we, that people will buy that mm. formula. Now, yes. the components of that formula, as you say, can change over time, but actually the, the formula outcome itself, if you put the ingredients in the right order with the right intensity, you'll mm. get the same result. A bit like cooking a chocolate cake, isn't it? You know, if I it, I might choose a different yeah. chocolate or I might put a different cream in it, but generally if I cook it with the same intensity and the same basic ingredients, I'll get a chocolate cake. Yeah. And that's, and, that's what people pay for. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I've also learned over the last few years is that it's really easy to say, whoa, I've got this massive amount of content and experience and and um uh, you know i've got all of these tools yeah and and actually what you're doing is creating a massive great big elephant that <laughs> you're then saying to somebody well there you go massive great big elephant there you go what do you do with it yeah and um so learning how to say okay this is this is like the basics this is the foundation that you do almost like a university course you know they don't throw you in and say right day one what's your thesis going to be? What's your dissertation going to be? Like yeah. they, they allow you to build that up over two years and then they focus it on the, th the third year. So, so just think about you are an expert and you are going to suffer from the curse of knowledge. So now dial back things to what are the minimum things that people have to learn to get started to do what you do? And then what would the next layer be? And then what would the next layer be? So that you've got, you almost treat it like, you know, the first year, the second year, the third year where you're going to graduate. And then there's the master's level. So there's the mastery level. And when you start thinking of things, you start thinking of it in that way, I guarantee you one thing, you will start looking at your customers and the way you deliver your services to your customers in a completely different way. Because not only is anybody that you're going to hand over your knowledge to, to for them to create some, your you know take your legacy forward, and you you're bringing yourself down so that you can bring someone in almost as an apprentice to then graduate and then develop mastery. You actually start talking in in those beginner terms to yeah. your prospects 
which helps them understand what you are going to deliver to them a whole lot better. Your conversion rate will go up. The initial conversations you'll have will be of a much better quality. You'll get higher levels of engagement. Yeah. And that has been an absolute illumination yeah. for me. And, and that leads me on to something you mentioned in your bio uh, about taking one business from bankruptcy to an eight-figure exit in 18 months. If you were to get and share a secret source of, and I know there's lots of things that you will have done with that business, so I don't want to demean you know, the, the whole project, but yeah. if you could share with a listener something that just was that spark, that sizzle, that secret source to that exit, without sharing obviously details of who it was perhaps etc what would yeah. you say was something because quite often i find that there is some commonality in people's motivation their their energy levels etc that are going to exit a business because they often it's motivation that holds people back what would you say that secret source was in that case so in that particular case we had lots of it was a it was a very innovative business okay. um, and uh, with a unique customer base and they were making massive assumptions about what their customers wanted so the one thing and i would say it was absolutely the 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 pinnacle of and it opened everything else up yeah. was we went to the customers and we said what would make you buy this right now that was it completely changed the whole business right because what we were doing was we were saying right you've bought this in the past and we're developing all of this other stuff yeah um but what we were saying is well you've bought this in the past and by the way we're developing all of this other stuff at no point did we go say well you bought this in the past now what would be the next thing that you want to buy yeah yeah and it's not unique to that business. The number of, I, I mean, I, uh, here, here's a, a, it's a terrible statistic, but uh, probably nine out of 10 people who approach me to say, I think I might want, to, I think I might need to work with someone like you. Yeah. Nine out of 10 of them, I have to say, yeah, you're not ready. And most of those, it's because they have not got a really good grip on exactly what it is that their customers want. And notice yeah. I say want, not need. Yeah, so important. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one of my sales mantras is, you know, sell people what they want because that's, that's what they'll buy and then make sure you deliver what they want and then deliver what they need. Because I think we're, sometimes as coaches and consultants we're very guilty of listening to what people want we sell them what they want but then once we start working with them we ignore what they want and we put them into a program that we feel is what they need mm. and they well, and, and they leave they don't stay very long because they didn't get what they wanted that you promised yeah. that you would give them yeah yeah and and you have to be guided by the client. You have to meet them where they are. Yeah. And you have to travel at their speed. If you've ever tried to make a donkey go faster, <laughs> then you know what I'm talking about. 
Yeah. Uh, it's a bit like um, I occasionally see it with like generally older dogs. Every now and again, you'll see someone walking their dog and their dog's completely had enough and he just sits down. And the, and the hilarious thing is when you've got like a 60 kilo dog and a 40 kilo person. <laughs> <laughs> and they're trying to yeah, move it. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. Like, oh, you know, that I've had enough. And, and, and actually recognizing when your client has just sat down and went, yeah, I'm not going there. Yeah. Why would they? Yeah. You know, give them, give them what they, what they want. Yeah. Eventually, they'll. If you're, um, if you can articulate what it is that they need, by understanding where they are. Okay, you might have to go a bit of a detour, yeah. but um, yeah, it's uh, the, the two two mistakes people make, um, and particularly in 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 coaching or personal professional services. One is exactly what you've just said. Given what you yeah. think they need. Well, for a start off, that's incredibly arrogant. It's making a massive assumption yeah. Um, because it generally means that you haven't really got to the root cause. And, uh, and, and of course, the other mistake is using client retention time as a KPI. Because you should be generating some independence for your client so that you can generally give them what they need right now you know what they what they want right now yeah, yeah and that'll open up something else that you might be able to help them with but keeping them in the position where they constantly rely on you so that they're leaning on you is not just bad for them it's bad for you it's yeah. bad it's bad business but i i do know a number of people that use that as a kpi and they might think it's a really good um, performance indicator but it's kind of for me it's certainly the wrong measure. I want my guys to be standing on their own feet. I want them to be pulling me in yeah. to them when they need and want me. And it's it's interesting because uh, I had an in, a really exciting discussion with a client uh, and his team last Friday, and he was talking about one of the values in their business is interdependence. Yeah. And yeah, it's... It's not about being dependent. It's not about being independent. But actually, if there's an independence where you both have a relationship, where you both benefit each other and are both win-win, then that's mm -hmm. when retention happens as an outcome yeah. of that interdependence rather than the independence or the dependence that very often yeah. we rely upon. And... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got some clients that have been. We have got one client uh, who I'm seeing on on Monday, and they've paid me every month for 13 years, and they're they're in a monthly rolling contract. They can cancel with a month's notice, and it has to rely upon that one added value, but that interdependence. And somebody's saying, "Well, what's the difference between interdependence and independence?" Uh, and he actually shared a a curve. I think it's called the Duvant curve. Oh it, yes, yes. And yeah. it talks about dependence, interdependence, and etc. On there. So yeah, listeners, go on, go and look at the definition because it is a very important but subtle difference between independence and dependence and interdependence. Really important. So yeah, thanks yeah. for sharing that. So you've you've given us some some good ideas of tools, um, how we 
as a business that is looking to exit or looking to succession, how we should absolutely look at what our customers actually want. I think you're giving us a great thing that would be common to a lot of, of those that are listening to this. Where do people go to find out more about you, Christine? Is there, you, I've mentioned you've offered four business books. Where would you like to send people to today? Yeah, certainly. So, um, I mean, all my books are, are on my website. Um, okay. Most most of them you can get on in Kindle version on, on Amazon. So, and if you do Christine Nicholson uh, on Amazon, pretty much uh, my books will come up. Um, my website is businessmentoruk.com, um, although I do operate globally um, and have had over the time, I've had clients in every single time zone, which has been interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, sometimes I think it's three o'clock in the afternoon and it's three o'clock in the morning. And uh, yeah, don't you don't make yeah. those mistakes very often. No, um, no. And Pacific times and Australian times don't work too well neither, do they? <laughs> No, 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 no. I mean, my brother actually lives in Seattle, so I've learned yeah. quickly to get that one the right way around, yes, um, which is which has been good. Um, I'm also very active on LinkedIn, so if yeah. you do Christine Nicholson on LinkedIn, generally I come up fairly high because my profile says multi-award winning business mentor. So, um, so I'm, I'm uh, really how how are we spelling your last name? Because I know some of the listeners might spell it oh. differently. Yeah, like there, there are no K's in my name, okay. <laughs> either Christine or Nicholson. Um, and so so Nicholson is N-I-C-H-O-L-S-O-N. Some might call it the Scottish version. Um, so I think it's the most common Scottish spelling of the name. Yep. Yep. Great. So we, we know where to go and to search for you on LinkedIn and the books are available uh, on the website and, of course, on, on, on Amazon as, as well. Uh, so yes listeners go and connect and i think we all start a business with having the dream of a choice of what we do at the end of our business in yeah. exit or succession or just do you know what i'll just carry on doing this until they put the coffin lid on top of me that's 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 oh, my yeah. that's my that's my plan at the moment actually because i've semi-retired and that's what i love doing what i do um so it's it's important i think for us all to think back to why did we start this business in the first place? Why did we yep. start this journey? Because over the years, and sometimes over a fairly short space of time, that gets eroded by the chaos of being in business and we lose sight of that dream that we had. So reach out to Christine and reinvigorate that dream and, and real, realize the possibilities of whether you're a sole trader, solo entrepreneur or a bigger business, succession exit is is possible you're giving us a real master class on a couple of things to think about there Thank you. and i've got to i feel a bit guilty asking this question really but i've got to ask it because it's on my list if if you were to give the listeners a tip or a lesson so it doesn't have to be on what we've talked about but if you could give the listeners one tip or lesson that they can take away that they can do something with and be held accountable to getting something done from the time we've given them today what would that be, Christine? Oh, God, one thing. Um, okay, it's going to be a book recommendation. Okay, right, we like those. And, um, and it'll come as no surprise to anybody who knows this book. But um, Michael Gerber's uh, The E-Myth yep. is the book 
that uh, even now I read fairly regularly because it reminds me that when you're so busy in the day-to-day, -day, mm. you literally cannot think straight. And most business owners are, they get so busy in the running of their business that yeah. they can't actually even imagine, like their, their brain just won't let them go there. And, and on top of that, what I do know is that a significant number of business owners are, are thinking that their business is going to be their pension funding. Hmm. And it's going to be their 401k uh, uh, account. Yep. Um, but again, they haven't actually even seen how they're going to get the value out of their business effectively. Yeah. And the reading the e-myth will remind you that the longer you stay in your business, the less your business is worth. So if you are the only thing and the only one, then start chipping away at some of those reliances because I... 100% of business owners leave their business. Yeah. 70% of business owners look to fund some or all of their retirement from the value of their business, but only 2% actually know what their business is worth. And therefore, they're <laughs> the only ones who know how to make it worth more. Yeah. And I'll give you another book, listeners, that for me was uh, a very important part of me exiting one of my main businesses some 13, 14 years ago. Uh, and it's a book by Seth Goding called The Dip, When to Stick and When to Quit. And there is success in knowing when to quit. And as we come into these uncertain times, don't leave it too late to quit. You can quit, walk away with your head held high, money in your pocket, in hard times but if you leave it too long sometimes that's not possible so yeah e-myth yeah. and and the dip uh, oh yeah I, I love that, that that book um, it's a tiny little yeah. book as well isn't it but you know i read mm. i read that on the friday my coach gave it me on the friday and on the monday i said that's it i'm selling the business yeah and we did yeah. and we walked away and all my friends around me lost their businesses in 2009 in construction because of the crisis that came. But interesting you say about the retirement, that was always my plan. And that was the plan of my best friends and listeners, you've heard me say this before. He never got his plan because he died at 56 when the business got on top of him and he never got to realise that. His business was sold for one pound. And if he mm. hadn't have had all the life insurance, his wife would not have been able to uh, thrive as she has because he was well insured. But what a sad state mm. of affairs when you have to die to give somebody the legacy that you want. And he would have loved to have enjoyed that retirement with his wife, not have to die to leave her just to spend mm. the life insurance. So uh, yeah, terrible. Yeah. That, that, that would actually, sorry, just, um, mm. that would actually be my second piece of advice. Yep. Um, is um, if you love your family, like if you love your wife or your girlfriend or your spouse and your kids and like anybody who's gonna be picking up the pieces when you're gone, yeah. then make sure that while they're in there grieving, they're not having to make the hardest decisions of their lives. Yeah. It's by being prepared. And it doesn't take much. Get a will. I mean, please, <laughs> yes. everybody, whether you're running a business or not, put a will in place. Yeah. If you've got a business, put a, um, and, you, and you've got more than one shareholder, put a shareholder agreement in place. Yeah. And then uh, after that, it's, it's, it's kind of like Do there's a Session and exit yeah. hierarchy of, uh, of uh, hygiene factors. Yeah. 
And and yeah, absolutely. And I, I completely agree with those. And don't leave it until you get to the ending and you start making those difficult decisions. Do it early. Do it at the start and then put them in the filing cabinet. Okay, review them every three, five years, whatever it is. But it's better to do them at the beginning, like with a will. Don't do it when you're yeah. old. Do it when you're young. And then you yeah. can forget about it. You can live your life. And just yeah. just update it when your circumstances change. So much easier yeah. to do it that way, isn't it? But yeah, completely agree. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so final question, question, Christine, before we uh, head off. If you were to have your next coffee, Jamaican coffee, in a dream location, where would that dream location be? Oh, God, that's so tough. For somebody who's travelled the world, probably in the Navy, and moved 20 times, which I suppose yeah. has something to do with Navy as well. What would yeah. your dream location be? Oh, dear. So there's so much planet that I haven't already visited. But if I had to go back to to one place. Um, you know, my favourite country in the whole world is Malaysia. Really? Okay. And yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a melting pot of all sorts of things yeah um so i would happily go back to malaysia but if i was only having one coffee and i had to sit in in one place then i would sit on a in colorado i'd go to colorado in the states i went there in june and i would sit at the top of something called the incline please go and look at it it's really Instagrammable. Um, I would sit at the top of the incline with my coffee, um, fighting the chipmunks off (laughs) because they are so attuned to, if you're a human being, you've got, and you've got to the top of that thing, then you've got food and I want some of it. Um, because it's an amazing view. It's in the mount, it's on the edge of a mountain. And, and I, I met some brilliant people there. And when you've just climbed up, basically 2000 feet you tend to be nicer than the average human being because you have the energy to be nasty (laughs) so coffee jamaican coffee at the top of the incline did you say yeah Yeah, in colorado with chipmunks and reading the e-myth oh yeah yeah, yeah, that'd absolutely. be it. Yeah, so we'd have yes. to drop, we'd have to put you on top of that with a helicopter to make all that possible, probably, and and easy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, we do. I definitely, it, it's my happy walk. Um, so uh, when you look at the bar trail, the trail itself is a zigzag trail that takes right. about four miles to go two thousand yeah, feet. Yeah. The right. incline itself is point eight of a mile to do the same um, elevation. I don't. I don't. I do the old lady way. I do yeah. the long way. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I'd, I'd have to. Ha- I'd have to have an engine underneath me to do that. <laughs> so that would be okay. Well, look, Christine, you've been an absolute guest. You've shared some amazing value, some great tips on tools, succession, uh, exit, and some amazing insights into the culture mile uh, and how we should look at news in a different perspective. And listeners, mm-hmm. mission from today: send a handwritten letter email tweet tell your whatever you watch whatever you read tell them we want to see more good news let's get that balance shifted i think if we did that from today's podcast christine that would be a good impact to have wouldn't it oh yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. absolutely and thanks thanks for being a great guest your time is is appreciated as always thank you now thank you very much for having me and listeners now it's your job to go out there and implement what you've heard 
lots of things to implement. Let us know what you've done in your business which has got you closer to succession and exit planning. Let us know that you've read some of Christine's books. Go to the website, yeah, businessmentoruk.com. Go there, look at the books, download them, get them on Kindle, however you do it. Let us know what you think of the books. Leave us a review of the podcast, but also tell us uh, how you found the books and some of the things that you've worked on from today's podcast. And as always, I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.